Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, wouldn't it be great to work with Emma? You can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. We are we are now live. We're not live, but welcome to this intake of Commit Six. I have two of three coaches. Unfortunately, Shona is I think she's single parenting this weekend, so couldn't make it. But we are very excited to welcome you. So this is the welcome live. We're gonna go through all the questions that you have. We're gonna go through some of our golden rules. And then I always come up with a couple of reminders at the start. And Hopefully, by the end of this, you will be raring to go for Monday. So, Catherine, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you. I was just um, saying to you guys that I'm in the middle of, like, packing up my flat because moving next week. So that's exciting. So, yeah, very good. Very good. Good. Andy, how are you? Good. I'm all good. Thank you very much. Lovely Sunday morning. Can't complain. It is. I got up and watched the sunrise, and that's not actually a uh, brag because the sun doesn't rise until eight at the moment. So it's not like I got up so early to watch the sunrise. And I literally just went behind my flat, but it was so beautiful this morning. Unbelievable. Okay, right. So do we want to start with the questions? Catherine, you've got those, don't we? Don't you? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, there's a few questions here from um, Nicola. Um, number one is, are we counting existing forms of exercise routine as workout? E.g. I have a two hour cycle commute three times a week. Um, this is 60 miles, admittedly, on an electric bike. But I am counting these as part of my, am I counting these as part of my workouts or not? No, we want you to do three resistance training workouts minimum. That would, I would more count that as part of your knee. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis or your steps effectively because that's all within the same thing so if maybe you know that's that's a great commute well done if you're doing that then maybe you don't have to do as many steps that's probably how I would look at it on this point actually because over the last couple of days I've read through every single person's information to set them up to start with and there's always this is so weird and I say this every every time we do one but there's always like some kind of theme and this time it seems to be there's quite a lot of people who are doing very low steps and I don't want to overwhelm people so normally we're like let's try and get 12,000 steps right because we're on commit to six and we like to be like a little bit above average and most people say 10,000 so I'm like we're doing 12,000 plus it really helps with fat loss however there's a lot of people that are getting like 4,000 at the moment and would struggle to hit that and what we don't want on commit to six is for people to give up because they think that the target's too hard. Now, doing anything more than what you're doing is a huge benefit. And I cannot emphasize this enough that if you're not doing very many steps and you add on even a thousand steps, you are doing the world of good for your health. So please don't think, oh, well, if I can't get 10,000, there's no point doing any. Actually, there's even more point 
putting in the effort to get from 4,000 to 6,000 than there is to get from 10,000 to 12,000 by a like huge, huge amount. So the less steps you're doing, the more important it is to increase that, even if it's not hitting like the targets that other people are. Okay, mm -hmm. so think about where you are and moving forward. So for a lot of these people, I've noted that when I've set, set your targets, I've said, we really need to get those steps up, let's aim, and then I've given you like a, a lower target initially, so it's not overwhelming. What I will say is that a lot of people think, this is quite harsh, but I don't really see it as a choice. Like us as coaches, we need you to get 8,000 steps for health, let alone anything else. Like you can do more steps if you want to look at both sides of the energy balance equation for fat loss. And you're like, okay, well, you can eat less to create a deficit. But you can also move more, right? Which is why we get you to do a bit of both. And that's kind of the best way to approach fat loss. But even if you can't increase your steps, that doesn't mean you can't lose fat. But for health, even if fat loss isn't your goal, or even if you have no interest in fat loss whatsoever, honestly, even if you're trying to put on weight, I would still want people doing 8,000 steps a day. Because the movement is so, so important. And I you just can't be healthy if you're not doing some form of exercise and getting your steps in. So don't see this as overwhelming because we will help you get there, literally step by step. But also realize that it is a really important aspect and it's not well, I mean, I guess everything is a choice, right? But it's a choice you should definitely make. It's so important to health independently of calorie balance. Yeah, and I think so many folk kind of don't see the other benefits of steps as well. Things like it's it's a, it's a nice time away from the desk when we all seem to be working from home. It keeps you moving. Um, there are benefits. I, I personally don't. I don't journal and I don't meditate, but my steps for me are the times that I do that kind of stuff. So it's time away to switch off. It's um, time away that I'll jump on my, my notes if I have anything in my head that I need to put down. So I technically do journal, but I call it something else. And it's done when I'm out walking the dog rather than sitting with a, a journal. So yeah, they, everybody forgets this stuff. It's also time that you spend with your family as well. Like we, me, me and my wife, we, we, that's what we plan in every day as a our dog walk in the evening together because it's our time where we unwind, settle down, to chew, chew the fat over the day of what's happened and stuff. And that's basically like that's what steps are. You know, you could do that sit on the sofa, but I'd prefer to do it outside. Do you guys find that like when you go out and get steps, it also helps you like gain perspective as well? Like even if say for example, like you're going out and there's like nature around you, it makes you realise that like. You, you seem like quite like small compared to like the world and like everything around you as well. I think like that is quite like reassuring in a way. Right. For you guys, maybe I'm twice the size of most people. I get that. I think sometimes it is reassuring to be like, yeah, but there's all this other stuff going on. I think that's probably, I used to love working in the hospital. I, d I couldn't put my finger on why it was. And maybe it's that it's, partly because you feel like in the nicest way quite insignificant in that it takes the pressure off you right so you might be sitting in your house like overthinking things but when you get outside and you're like wow look you know this car people are going places in cars people are walking places people are doing things like nature is great like all this stuff is happening out with all the little things that I'm worried about or I'm stressing over and I think I like that about the hospital because I was like there's so much going on here and it literally never sleeps and there's always something and yeah, maybe it is, maybe it's partly that, like feels like it takes the pressure off you and that there's more important things going on than like whatever you're worrying about. 
Yeah. All right. Okay. What was the next question? So the next part of that question was just about whether people should log extra activity in PT, in my PT hub. You can, if you want. So actually, this is a really good question because it brings us on to my PT hub, which is absolutely for you guys to use as you want. You can log everything in there. You, I mean, some people have like, they much prefer logging on a notebook. So they log all their workouts on a notebook. You can link MyFitnessPal. It kind of slows it down a little bit. So often we recommend that you don't. It doesn't. So there was another question on that thread. I think about can I use a different app to track, like NutriCheck or something? Absolutely fine. Track wherever you want. It doesn't matter. Or if you're not tracking, don't track. Right. The app is totally for you. We don't look at it unless you want us to. So again, all the progress photos and everything, they are completely private. We'll only look if you want us to have a look. So don't. Yeah, feel like that can be like a completely safe space for you. Um, and you can track things where you want to track them. If you like using the app, use the app. If you don't, don't. What's important to us is that you put all the information in the check-in because then we've got the information to go off. So if you're like, oh, I just keep a list of my weight in the morning. I take my average or sorry, my lowest from the week. Fine. But let us know what that is in check-in. Same with tracking stuff on the app, like especially this individual. Like, yes, we do need to know how much activity you're doing to make sure that calories are balanced correctly. Um, but you don't need to track it in the app if you don't want to. Which is a perfect wee segue into the next question, which is are the one-to-one check-ins email only or are they conducted online? I think you said email in the intro video, but I just wanted to check. So the one-to-one check-ins with your coach are via email. And we actually um, toyed with this for a while and people decided they preferred email because they liked looking back on it. They liked being like, oh, right, what did Andy say? Okay, right, he said this, this is what I need to do. And then there's a log of it versus if it was a voice note or something slightly different. What we have added in is a group call, so a group Zoom call that everybody can join every other week. So the weeks that you don't have your one-to-one check-in with your coach, you have a group call with me. So you're supported every single week. So yeah, and they are awesome. Like they're so, so motivating. I even leave them really motivated. So yeah, make sure that you come to those and I will always plan them in advance. I think the first one I put in is next Sunday, but it's in the group under events. If you can't find it, just click the Zoom link, join. Hopefully you can save the full time, but also if you can't just come for as long as you can. Yeah. Awesome. There was one that I was on with you guys like a few weeks ago and I'm sure was it like Kelly was like on her treadmill. So she was like getting steps while she was on the call. She's like habit stacking. It's awesome to see. What an inspiration she is. Next question. Um, I'm just having a look at the workouts on the hub ready for starting on Monday. I'm a bit confused what I'm picking. Gym-based workout, would I do push, pull, legs full? And then if I can do more, I'd say upper, lower. Um, and there's another question, but we'll, we'll maybe answer that one first. Okay. So I am going to hold my hands up and say I made a slight mistake in that. I No, wait, how did I do that? Basically, I left Commit to Six open for January. So that means, I mean, nobody really needs to know this. I don't know why I'm explaining it, but I've had to allocate all the workouts to the group. So there's, there's your first block of workouts that are labeled group, uh, sorry, week one to three. And then there's your second block that are labeled three to six, right? So it shouldn't be that confusing, but it does mean there's more workouts on the app. If you're doing gym workouts, just do the gym workouts. 
if you're doing dumbbell workouts, which it sounds like you were talking about with the upper and lower, just do the dumbbell workout. So they are two separate programs. I wouldn't mix them. We really don't want you doing more than five sessions a week for recovery, like for recovery reasons anyway. So I wouldn't be adding those extras in. And if you do want to do something extra, I would probably think about what you're lacking. So if you've already done five resistance training workouts, do you want to do some cardio? Do you want to go to Pilates? Do you want to do some yoga? Do you want to do some, like something else? And really we say that because there's this law of diminishing returns to training where after your fifth workout, like your sixth workout of the week really isn't giving you very much. You could probably spend that time better elsewhere. And realistically, you probably won't recover as well. And this is quite hard to get your head around, but often if you do less workouts well, from like at a certain point, you will get better results. So like most people will get better results doing five workouts than they will working out every day. And I know that's such a hard concept to get your head around, but you really, really will, especially if you can break them up. So like two workouts, rest day, two workouts, something like that with a really, really good split. Um, Andy, do you have anything to add on the workouts? Yeah, I think that's exactly as you said. I think people need to understand that more isn't necessarily better. Um, you kind of got to think about it a little bit like, uh, probably the analogy I would use is like a car. So if you keep driving your car without refueling, your car's going to run out of fuel. Um, so the rest days, the rest days off training are the days where you're refueling and recovering, and you're you're able to get back to where you need to be for the next session. So also where your things that like your um, your adaptation comes, your adaptation hits as well. So you keep running yourself into the ground. Your body cannot adapt to become stronger, to build more muscle because it's constantly fighting a battle on both ends which it can't win so this whole thing about seven days a week training it's not going to work you need to be you need to be smart uh, you need to be getting your recovery times in uh, your recovery days in as well so four sessions a week is probably ideal um if you want to do a fifth one exactly as you said then on go away do some cardio go out for a long walk something like that it all helps with your steps but always a good idea i think like the mistake that awesome. some people make with it is like assuming that the workout time is the time that the muscles are growing when actually like Andy's saying it's like the rest days or like the rest in between your sets when your muscles are recharging it's like actually like the the time that you're like contracting your muscles in the gym is like you're flicking a switch and then like you're then recharging on your mm -hmm. rest days yeah, like training is the stimulus, but you need everything outside of that to actually adapt to that stimulus. And exactly as you're saying, you actually break your muscles down during a workout. Like you are creating small tears in your muscle and actually increasing rates of muscle protein breakdown during a workout. And then it's when you have to adapt to that stimulus that you've created. So you're putting a stress on your body and being like, this is what we want you to be able to do then it's like, okay, well, if you want me to be able to do that, then I need to adapt so that next time I'm better able to cope with that stress. That's, that's exactly how any form of fitness works. Like every time you run and you push yourself and then you, the next time, or the, you know, normally it's more than just once, but like you push yourself and then you find that it's easier. That's because you've put a stress on your body and then your body has adapted to that stress so that you can run at that pace for longer. So yeah, that's basically how it works. But you're right. Most people get kind of caught up in honestly just just doing too much but where this is quite hard is that there are people who also don't do enough so you can't extrapolate this out to 
oh, well, then maybe, you know, if rest is good, shouldn't I just do one workout a week? Because then I can spend the rest of the week resting and recovering. It's like, no, there needs to be the balance there. And then I think what's hard about that is that some people can train seven days a week if they're very well trained and if they really focus on their recovery, right? Now we're talking about elite level athletes that, you know, really do focus on their recovery. Like they will be going to bed at 9 p.m. They will be getting their sleep in. They will be completely on top of their nutrition. That might be the goal for some people, but for the vast majority of our clients, they want to look good, feel good, perform well. You absolutely don't need to go to that extreme. Awesome. Would you like another question? Yes, please. Please. Uh, from Kat. So excited to get started. I've had my calorie and protein goals and recommended to try the 3-1 method. I just have a question about whether it's a good thing or not to rearrange the structure to have the snack in the evening instead of afternoon. I tend to eat my evening meal fairly early at 5, 5.30 so we can eat as a family with my six-year-old daughter and then have a snack later on in the evening as I get hungry before bed. Is it okay to move the snack to the evening or should I try and cut the evening snack habit out? And evening is the time that she tends to overeat. Mm, okay, so the added tends to overeat. Not so great. So sometimes, technically, no, right, no, it doesn't really matter when you eat, but it does matter when you eat in terms of your behavior. Now, sometimes you overeat in the evening because you haven't eaten enough during the day right? So actually, if you had an extra snack during the day, you might not overeat in the evening. Saying that, if you're having a very early dinner, then yeah, you might get hungry before you go to bed. So thinking about having something like a high protein snack before you go to bed would be a really good idea. I do think like the, a really good tip would just be to have like a set snack that is consistent. So instead of having that, you know, in within the three to one method, like in your first three eating occasions during the day, you'd have it later on. But I would have something that kind of fits into that nicely. Like, hey, maybe it's a high protein yogurt and a bit of fruit, but you have the same thing. The problem is when you start to kind of snack and then overeat, and like you say, overeating is a problem for you in the evening. Could be because you don't eat enough during the day could be because you start snacking or you don't have a bit like a plan for what you're going to eat. It could be habitual because you end up sitting around in front of the TV and that just tends to be where you eat and you kind of mindlessly eat a little bit. So I would consider what's causing it. But then actually saying that right now, I wouldn't overthink it because you're starting something new. You're starting a new routine. So what I would do is probably move that snack or you can have two snacks as long as it's within your calories, right? fine you can have a snack during the day if you're hungry and you can have a snack in the evening but just make sure you're making good choices that are in line with the targets that we've set you and if you're like hitting protein fruit and vegetable goals and you're actually like increasing the amount of those that you've been having before commit to six you might find that like you might not need that extra snack as well so like allow those changes to kind of like come into play and then like you can review it with your coach later down the line mm -hmm. Yeah, the increase in protein and food volume is going to be satiating as it is anyway. So that's a really good point. Awesome. Um, a question from Shona, but not our Shona. Um, can you recommend how to break up 1,800 calories? I'm terrible for using a big bulk of my calories on snacks. Thank you. Well, I think I've you've already... To the three to one yeah, you have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen that. I was like, oh, wait, there's a comment. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's just such an easy way to eat. And 
obviously it is adaptable and you can move things but really the answer to this is have a plan like sit down and make a plan and the, the reason that we're not making a plan isn't because we're lazy and by the way if you want a plan if you want unlimited amounts of plans go to eatthismuch.com right it will spit you out a million different meal plans in a million different ways fine if that's what you want the whole point in that we don't give you a strict plan although you do have your like skeleton plan the point in that is that you make a plan that you enjoy so the reason that you're struggling with 1800 calories is because you haven't made a plan for it and that's why you end up snacking so much if you sit down and you're like what do i want to have for breakfast what do i want to have for lunch what do i want to have for dinner and then i might have a couple of snacks during the day this is what they're going to be you'll find it easy it's the going into the day without any plan that's what's hard and here's the thing it's like some people are like oh doesn't that seem a little bit restrictive or like I don't know. There's always some kind of kickback to things like that. I'm like, you wouldn't do it with anything else. Like I would never go into my work day thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to do today. Like you would get nothing done, right? Same with your nutrition. Like if you want to hit some targets, make a plan to hit those targets. Like you, you wouldn't expect to like get all the work that you needed to get done if you didn't have a plan as to when you were actually going to do that work. So I just see it as the same. Like I think Honestly, so many of the problems that I help people solve, both from a mentoring perspective with the coaches that I mentor on AFM and from a coaching perspective is like organization, time management, and, and honestly making a plan. Like having a plan is so underrated. And now you've got targets, so you know what you need to hit. You can make a plan to hit them. It's just kind of like reverse engineering, right? This is what I know I need to do. Let's reverse that into how, what steps do I need to take to make sure that I do do that? Do do that. And then I think yeah, like... you said do do. Oh, sorry, Andy. <laughs> do do do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like... Sorry, go you ahead. ...are less likely to resent the process as well because if you're making that plan, you're not constantly making decisions about when, when you're going to eat and what you're going to eat and when you're going to exercise and when you're going to go for your walks. If you've like planned that out and mapped it out for like the next few days or the week then you don't have to waste like brain energy making those decisions. And it kind of like, it then fits in with your life better rather than you being like stressing about it and then hating the fact that you're stressing about your food all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Decision fatigue's massive. It's huge. If you keep having to make plans on the hop, of course you're going to be knackered. You're going to be, you're just going to get to a point where you just say, saw that I'm done. Can't be arsed anymore. So planning and prepping is one of the most important parts of everything, like whether it comes to structuring your training. It's one of the best ways when I'm working with in-person clients, if they're busy working professionals, how do we get them to get to their training sessions? We schedule them in their working diary so that they go to their training session. It's an appointment that they have to go to. That's probably the best way to, to do it. It's the same way with everything else. If you don't fail to, what is it? Fail to prepare to fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Simple as that. My mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue twister. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I also think I've started using this over the last couple of months, and I may have just mentioned it once or twice, but Google Calendar Man. Oh, it's so simple, but it just works. I have no idea how I managed to get to like 30 without using it. Like, I actually don't know. And And I would just put in all of your training sessions as well like when you want to get up, all that, all that kind of stuff. Like other underrated things are setting yourself asleep and awake time. People don't think about it, but like if you go to sleep and wake up at the same time, 
every day, you have so much more energy. It's so much easier to get up. Like those kind of routines, like a structured routine that is pushing you in line with your goals. And all you really focus on is nailing that routine and the outcome just takes care of itself. And it's become so much easier once it's habitual. Like if you want to create a habit for anything, do it at the same time every day because it just becomes part of your routine. What's much harder is the things that move around the day. Like, oh, at some point today I'll get to, I'll journal. No, unrealistic won't happen. If you're like every single day at X time, or, you know, if times move, it's like right after dinner or right before I go to bed, or as soon as I wake up, like these kind of times that have like significant points. If you want to change something or you want to add something in, link it to a time. All right, what's next? That's the end of the questions on the thread. Oh, great. Okay, right. Well, I have a few golden rules and I'm sure you guys have like a couple of things to add. But the main thing is our golden rule on Commit 6 is to reach out. The second golden rule, which I will let Andy elaborate on a bit, is do your check-ins. Like there is a direct correlation and a causal correlation between the people who get results and the people who check in. Like this is one of the most important things on Commit to Six. And we are like, this is Andy's words, but I just repeat them all the time because they're just brilliantly put. We are always here to support you and never here to judge you. Like you can tell us anything in your check-ins. We're not, if you're like, I haven't hit any of our target of my targets. We want to hear those. Like the hardest check-ins, like all the, the check-ins you don't want to do are the, are the hardest ones, but they're the ones that you're getting the most benefit from. Because if you get to week two and you're like, I've really struggled, tell us so that we can help you. Like, that's the whole point. I mean, reach out before then in the group anytime, just tag us. But with the check-ins, like, especially when you're struggling, and I realize it's harder to check in or it's harder to reach out when you're struggling. That's exactly when you need to do it. And it's like allowing us to do our jobs because we're good and we want to help you, but we're not mind readers. And if you reach out, we will do all that we can to support you, but you need to tell us and you need to do your check-ins. Andy. Yeah, massively. It's um, first off with the check-ins, we have, we designate time to get these check-ins done. So we value your time and how quick we get your check-ins back. So we expect you to value our time. So I'm not expect if, the check-in links go out at 6 a.m. on a Friday morning on the, the second. So it will be whatever the date is, a week on Friday will be your first check-in. Um, if you are sending me that check-in back in on a Wednesday, I'm really not that impressed. It shows that you're not really committing yourself to the programme, which is basically what the programme's called. It's called Commit Sticks. Um, so we value your time. So please value our time and get the check-in done within 24 to sort of 36 hours after getting it. So ideally 24, right? And and I guess it's like, it's an element of respect. Like all the coaches give their time for this and allocate time for it. Now, if you check in on a Wednesday, not only is that like, to be honest, a little bit disrespectful, but you won't get as good a check-in because Andy's got clients on a Wednesday, right? And Catherine's got clients, so, you know, Catherine's got one-to-one check-ins to be doing on a Wednesday or committed check-ins to be doing on a Wednesday. So they don't have the same time to give. So, and the reason, by the way, if anyone's like, all right, guys, like we only just started, nobody's missed a check-in yet. <laughs> there have been some quite lax check-ins. So there's two reasons for this. Like one, you genuinely don't get as good results if you don't do them. And that's the most important thing for us. And then two, like we love coaching. That's what we want to do. So 
we want you to do the check-ins and we want you to reach out if you're struggling we want to be able to help you if you don't communicate then you won't get results we're not psychics we're we're, not bloody, we're bloody good at what we do but that's unfortunately one thing that's just slightly out with our grasp at the current in the current climate but who says who's, who's to know that might come in, come in the future you never know um so yeah just put as much detail as you can into the check-ins. The, the boxes look small, but they're not. They take a lot of characters. So, um, yeah, get it, get it filled out, get it in, and it means that we can then start making plans about how we can, you know, potentially help you with your getting extra steps in or, you know, a bit more information around your training or, you know, very unlikely it's going to be manipulating calories, although that's what most people expect to hear. Um, so, yeah, just these things. It's Check-ins are... Check-ins are massively important, and I think something that there are well very few other coaching group coaching um, processes that have a check-in with a coach. So use it; it's the whole idea. Absolutely. And how Andy's mentioned about the boxes look small, but you can fit more in. Say, for example, you're answering a question about how many steps you got in that week, or if you hit your step target, <clears throat> rather than just putting no, elaborate on that a little bit. Be like, I no, I didn't. I managed to get like 5,000. I didn't get my 10,000, but like, this is what got in my way. And it means that we can help you better them because even just saying no, like that means we have to ask you more questions to kind of delve a little bit deeper. So definitely like give us a bit more than just like a yes or a no. I mean, yes yeah. is great, but like, yeah, a no, we need a bit more. And that helps us yeah. help you. The the more generally, the more that you put into the check-in, the more that you'll get out of it. So take some time. The whole point is that it's kind of like forced journaling. Like we want you to sit down, reflect on your week. And, and this is what I would say as well. Like, yeah, we want you to get it in, in that 24 hour period, but I don't want you to be like, it's taking me 30 seconds to do this check-in. I'm just going to bam, 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 bam. Like the whole point is this is your opportunity to ask one-on-one -on -one questions and get real one-on-one -on -one coaching feedback from some of the best coaches in the fitness industry. Like that's essentially what you're paying for. So make sure that you utilize it. Okay, so my second thing, uh, what else did I have here? Uh, reminders, it is not a race. Most people stay here significantly longer than six weeks. So don't stress out if you don't get it perfect from day one, like our whole emphasis is on imperfect action right? Can you do a bit more than what you were doing before? Not can you do it perfectly from day one? It's it's unrealistic and don't put that level of pressure on yourself. Plus this can be, this is going to be a bit cheesy, but that's me. This can be the start of the rest of your life. Like as cheesy as that is, if you don't like something in your life, change it. And commit to six can have a huge impact on other areas of your life that you haven't even considered. And like the emphasis that we put on journaling as well, like if you don't have the commit six journal, get it. It has such like since we've brought that in, I've noticed such huge differences in what people get, not just from the program. And honestly, I wouldn't say that there's been that much difference that I've noticed in like fat loss specifically or muscle building specifically. But every other area of your life, like your confidence, your well-being, the choices that you're making, the way that you feel making these changes like the intent behind the changes that you're making and like Catherine's had two clients in the last week that have just got promotions because, like five and, and, there's been like five people in their check-ins this week who have been like oh I'm like I have a job interview or I've got a new job or I was like what's going on there's something in the air <laughs> yeah and it's mad because like 
you know, obviously we're not taking credit for that, but they've all come to us and said, you know what, it's the confidence that I got from doing this. It's the reflecting on my day. It's the realizing the mistakes that I'm making and then changing them because we all go through life like just living. And then we find that, you know, if you don't review your, your day and you don't review your week and you don't assess how you're doing and you don't look back and think, what could I have done better today? What will I try and do better next time that situation occurs? You just continue to make the same mistakes again and again and again. And this is so much about what Commit to Six is about. And sure, that will help you lose body fat. That will help you build muscle. That will help you improve your body composition or your performance goals. But even more important than that, like it will literally change your life. Like you will be a better person for everyone around you. You will be significantly more successful. One of, I think, the most competitive advantage you can have is reviewing your life, is like figuring out how you can do better the next time that that situation comes up if you didn't respond the way that you wanted to respond. And practicing delayed gratification. Like I think if there's one competitive advantage anybody needs in any area of life is delayed gratification. It's being like, I am gonna commit to this process and I might feel bored or I might feel impatient, but I'm not gonna act on that anymore because I know that feelings aren't reality and that if I give up every time I get bored or every time I feel impatient, I'm never going to get achieve anything in life. Like that kind of realization, like that's what this process is about. And I know some of you are like, I just came for fat loss. Well, sorry, <laughs> this is what you're getting. <laughs> that's basically my rant over. <laughs> Love that. um, do I have anything else to say before we start? Uh, I think just to remember that starting is often the hardest part but it's not as hard as regretting not starting and realistically it's never going to be easier to start like i think people are waiting for this time where it will be perfect or easier or for some reason like food won't be tempting anymore like that's not happening the the reasons that you're not starting probably aren't ever going to change so it's you that has to change and be like no i'm going to choose to start anyway despite the fact it's not perfect because it never will be perfect so yeah i think that's all i have to say um Actually, one more thing that I think I did see come up in the group is weigh-ins. And Donna answered this, so thank you so much. But I either want you to weigh in every single day and take the lowest weight of the week or not to weigh in for until the second check-in. Like there is absolutely no way, uh, reason to weigh in weekly. It's just completely inaccurate. There's no point looking at the data. I don't want you to do it. You either focus on the process for 30 days and at the second check-in you weigh in or you take your lowest weight of the week and weigh yourself every single morning and then then take the lowest and that's what you would report at check-in so you've got two options if you don't want to weigh fine I mean you don't have to weigh at all but if you don't want to weigh every day then I would just weigh 30 days in or you can weigh every day and take the lowest um do you guys have anything to say before we wrap up I think like like maybe like you said everything in terms of like the golden rules that we have like the reaching out for help the checking in um I think like another important aspect is like how you use comparison as well I think sometimes people can come in and almost be overwhelmed at the fact that there's so many other people in the group and some people are doing better than them and, or some people are doing worse or there's someone with a completely different goal to me. But I think 
actually reframing that and using that to your advantage is like game changing. Um, and even just getting involved in the group as well and helping other people, like answering other people's questions or sharing your experiences. I think like then like comparison becomes useful. Whereas if you're like almost resenting other people for like doing better than you, that's not going to help you get, it's not useful. It's not a useful thought. So try and like change that way of thinking. Yeah, I think that's so important. And actually comparison can be really inspiring. Like if you're like, oh man, I can't believe Catherine's getting all these results. And I'm like, I'm not that different than Catherine. So why can't I do that? Like, and see it as like breaking your own glass ceilings of, hey, well, if she can do it, I can do it, right? Or the other thing, the other frame I like for comparison is, sure, like maybe I'm comparing myself to Catherine, but use your imagination for this. I have three kids and I run three businesses and blah, 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 right? I've got a load of other stuff going on. So I'm like, if I wanted those exact same results, I would have to give up what I have. And that kind of helps a little bit as well. Like you're all in different situations. The only comparison you should be making is from yourself yesterday. Like, can I do a little bit better? And realistically, all of you can achieve your goals. I I have looked through everyone's and no one has goals of like, setting a marathon world record or anything insane like you are all completely capable of achieving your results everybody is capable of fat loss they just haven't had the right support yet so yeah don't don't put like glass ceilings up don't talk don't talk yourself into self-sabotage of oh this always happens no no no, not this time because this time you have support this time you have people to reach out to and this time like this is a bit cheesy as well but i think it's so useful like if you don't give up then you can't fail. Like you just haven't finished yet. It's just another learning curve. We just need to figure out what is going to work for you. We just need to learn from a couple more mistakes. And if you take that attitude, it's almost impossible not to be successful. Mm -hmm. And you're always building on experience. Like you've tried other things in the past or other diets that maybe haven't worked for you. You know that now, like, you know, these, these things don't work, but like you can like move forward. You're not starting again, basically. That's what like, even though this, this time is different, you're not starting again and you're learning and growing from what you've already done in the past. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I speak to a lot of personal trainers about this because maybe they're changing careers and they're like, Oh, I'm starting again. I'm like, you're not starting again. You've got 20 years experience as a teacher. Like it's not, it's not direct, you know, it's not the same, but it's a hell of a lot of life experience. It's a hell of a lot of knowledge. You've been going to the gym for 10 years. Like you're not starting from scratch. And that's such a good point. Like a lot of people see that as negative. Like I've tried this so many times and it's failed every time. Like, great. You've got a ton of experience of what didn't work. Now, the important part there, if this is you and you're like, I've tried every diet under the sun, what are you going to do to make this time different? I mean, probably it's going to be reach out for support, right? But it's also going to be thinking about, okay, that time didn't work because I cut out all the foods that I enjoyed. Or that time didn't work because I gave up after a week because the scales didn't drop by two pounds. Or that time didn't work because, you know, like learn from the mistakes that you've made to make this time different rather than just being like, yeah, I'll pay for something else. I'll try this again or do that again. And like kudos for people for keeping trying, but you know, review what you've done before, learn from that and then try again. Awesome. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, if anyone has any questions, just tag us in the group. And I'm excited for the next six weeks. Bye. Bye.
Thank you as ever for your time and attention. If you want to talk to me about coaching or if you want to find out more about how to work with me, head over to esgfitness.co.uk. There is also lots of free information on the website and some worksheets, which I hope you will find useful. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please tag me in your stories at ESG Fitness or shoot me a message. And if you think you know anyone who would enjoy this episode, why not share it with them? Thanks, guys.